This is Dr. Chase Moore, the author of The Emotion, The Tree in Me, your guide to discussing emotional health and wellness with your children. You are listening to DJ Rome on the Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. Don't pick my apples. Don't pick my peaches. Leave my tree alone. Good morning. 
Yes, we are back. Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and I am very excited to have this guest back in the house with us. Uh, he's not only a good friend, but the brother is extremely talented. He has an amazing project out there right now called The Emotion, The Tree and Me. Uh, it's probably one of his, uh, uh, let's say, his inaugural uh, introductions to the world, to the planet. This is some good resources in this book, y'all. So I want y'all to check it out, but I want y'all to hear it straight from here. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. Dr. Moore, are you there? I am here, good brother, uh, DJ Rome. Thank you for having me back on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Man, it's always a blast and a half to have you here. You know how we do. Well, you've been a busy, busy cat, to say the least the emotion, the tree, and me. Good brother. Uh, how long have you been working on this amazing project? First of all, can you tell us what it is and what it's all about? And uh, how'd you get the inspiration to put this together? Wow, wow, that's, man, I, that, I got, there's a lot to unpack. And so I guess right. I'll start with, I've been writing this book my whole life. And, um, you know, the inspiration came from the fact that I really feel like I'm in a good place. Uh, I'm still growing as a person. I'm still growing as a husband, as a father, and as a professional. Um, I'm still growing in my spiritual life, and it's been a journey. And so this book came about from that journey and knowing that um, and really learning about uh, how I've grown. So I, I use the analogy of a tree to really represent how we grow as people emotionally. And the book is geared at children as well as their parents because as you know our roots um that's our family members that's that's where we come from and so in the book i talk about how you cannot truly know yourself until you know the people who love you or the people who influence you the people who are around you and until you know them you you, you can't know yourself so um this book is just my manifestation of of my life and how you can bring about positive change through learning and about yourself and the people who influence you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I want to talk to you about it because you said you've been writing this book basically your whole life, right? And I know, exactly. I, I know a couple of authors, um, Chase, and they have equally shared with me that their life's work that is becoming more public now actually started uh, very much in their formative years. And so this is very much a, a lifelong endeavor. So what would you say were, um, when you know you had to write this book, when was it crystal clear to you that it's time right now? I've been sort of uh, putting the, uh, the, the foundation together, putting the pieces together, but when did you finally know that this was ready to really hit the ground and really run with this? Do you remember what that moment was like for you? I do. I do remember, um, you know, I was sitting in a meeting and I was listening to a presenter and some of the things that uh, they were saying really resonated with me. And this presenter was amazing. However, I knew at that time it was just coming out of me um, and it was something that I couldn't hold in anymore. So I just immediately started to write and I wrote the initial part of it, the, the poem, which uh, inspired this, I wrote it right then and there. And I remember oh, people wow. looking at me like I was taking just some, some vivacious notes. And, but really what was coming out was just um, me putting it all together. 
you know, and, and my heart just spilling out on the paper. And I know it sounds, you know, really romanticized, but that's kind of how it was. The initial prompt for this was um, just me putting my thoughts on paper uh, in the form of art, in the form of a poem. Um, and that came about just through, you know, me having kids and, and seeing them grow and go through things and thinking like, hey, I could really support my own kids by just letting them know what I've experienced. Um, mm -hmm. And in doing that, you know, in doing that, uh, DJ Ron, what I found was like, it's hard for parents to communicate that knowledge to their children because we don't have a shared language. We don't have shared experiences. And so what I was blessed to do was write a poem that really creates a shared verbal knowledge base for parents and children so that they can communicate on the same level. They can have the same reference points when they're talking about these emotional concepts. Mm -hmm. And so it just came out, you know, it just started to flow. And I, I felt a, a passion for helping, you know, supporting my own children and, and dealing with what they deal with because of uh, our history and our genetics and our experiences. And then also helping the parents who, you know, they aren't professionals, they aren't counselors or psychologists or people who work with children all the time. And they, they you know, they want to help their children too, but they don't have the, the knowledge base or the tools to speak with their children about their lives and their emotions and how they can, they can grow. Right. How about that? You know, in uh, political circles, uh, Dr. Moore, they talk about having those kitchen table conversations and politicians who are really good on the stump, the, 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 the really good retail politicians go door to door and they really try to campaign for people's votes. And we're in a heavy election season right here. So when I think about kitchen table conversations in the context of the emotion, the tree and me, there is something that is perhaps I don't know, how unique is this to the black community where the, these are certain things that are considered taboo? We don't talk about certain issues, whether it be money, whether it be our painful experiences. Uh, how much of that is uh, really unique and distinct within the black community, you think? You know, I, I think it's very prevalent. And obviously, I won't speak for the entire black community or a community of people of African descent, but I know just from my research, and you know, working with uh, with children uh, for over ten years now, that when you have different traumas that are historical, and you have different wounds uh, that come from us being in a country where we have a, a very rich history of oppression and uh, systemic racism and prejudice, it, when you have these factors it is only natural to try to cover up those wounds, and you don't want anybody to touch them. And so I think historically, um, with our history here in America, we really shy away from addressing those traumas. And in the book, I talk about clean pain and dirty pain. Right. Clean pain is the pain that you, uh, that you use when you go in and you dig in there and you dig out those, you know, the, all of those sores and you clean it out and you heal. And it's, it's painful. Um, but you end up being able to move forward in a way that allows you to grow from it. Right. And the dirty pain is the pain that we use when we try to cover up our wounds and we don't want people to know why we're truly hurting or we don't know why we're truly hurting. But uh, the symptoms of our trauma and the symptoms of our hurt end up perpetuating the problems. And it goes on for generation after generation. 
And so, you know, for me, you know, just to kind of get personal, um, within my family, I have, um, you know, people who suffer with significant anxiety, uh, people who have been through depression. And these are people within my close family. So inevitably, DJ Rome, this is going to affect me. This is going to affect how I shape and view the world. And with that, I did not want to pass that on to my children. I wanted to give them insight into their history, into their family, into me as a person. When I come home from work or from doing something, you know, why I behave a certain way, you know, and why you may uh, understand things in a certain way. Um, and so when we give that type of insight, it allows us to grow, but it is very painful. And so to go back to your original question, how much is this, you know, how, how prevalent is this in the, in the African-American community? Mm. I think it's very prevalent because, yeah. um, you know, we tend to build these, these, uh, these facades, these personas around us to protect our, you know, our room, our wounds and insecurities. And we d- end up not addressing it. We end up, uh, you know, passing off trauma as culture, you know, oh, that's just how we do things, you know, and, and this book is designed to break through that uh, facade of culture and get to the trauma so that we can heal and move forward as a people and not be limited by our 400 years of trauma <laughs> in, wow. you know, in this country. Absolutely. You said something really deep. I wrote it down as you were saying it. Passing off trauma as culture. Ladies and gentlemen, do you yes. realize how deep that is? Passing off trauma as if it's just a part of the, 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 the very fabric of us. <laughs> Can you, you, you made a distinction, I think, in your book, even the, the distinction between trauma versus just a painful emotional experience. Uh, can you articulate that yes. distinction for us? Well, the difference is, is trauma is something that is too much, too soon, too fast, and it overwhelms your ability to cope with it or deal with it. And so you go into survival mode. This is, this is not using your higher order brain. This is not you being calm and making this decision on how you want to respond to this situation. This is a deep wound or hurt. And, it, and sometimes what happens is when we respond in a situation, instead of saying, you know what, I, you know, that was me working through a place of hurt, we try to double down on it and say, no, that's just who I am. I'm a person who I'm zero to 100 real quick. I just have a quick attitude. And, you know, I'm just a, you know, a hot hit. No, 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 that's not you. That's, that's trauma. That's you, you know, acting impulsively. And so, you know, to some extent, we have to name it to tame it. And I, and I feel like because we don't really recognize what it is, we right. just go with it and we, you know, we try to make the best of it and we use our wonderful heritage of culture and art to make it sound good and look good. But it's really something that doesn't perpetuate, does, does not support our growth and our relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is designed to heal and support the, the average family, the average father, the average mother, the average grandmother, the average person and working with their child and working with themselves to have a multi-generational conversation about who they are and how these concepts of who they think they are have been built because they've been built for a reason. Right. And there's a lot of shared experiences where there is uh, genealogy or just in the environment. You uh, said also a few minutes ago, uh, when you talk about those who love us versus those who influence us. And you kind of make a distinction like maybe those aren't necessarily one and the same. 
Uh, how would you characterize those differences that you laid out uh, in what you said a few minutes ago? Because in the book, you make it pretty clear that the ones that love us and influence us are sometimes distinct individuals. Can you talk about that a little bit too? Yeah, of course. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I think that as a community, we need to, to really understand because it takes a village to raise a child. And that is a, you know, that is a, that is a saying that I think, you know, maybe Hillary, Hillary Clinton adopted from, you know, a lot of African culture and African heritage, but it was popularized here. Um, and what that really means is this, we cannot be everything to our children. And sometimes we have to understand our limitations and have people in their lives who can bring them different things, you know, and, and who you trust. But I think we have to make sure that we don't want our kids to, we don't want to be the ceiling for our children. Right. And so I, I fully recognize that me as a parent, there are things that there are places where I have limitations and I want my children to have access to great teachers, great people, great communities so that they can learn and grow beyond me because I have my own limitations. And, no, and sometimes um, when you come from an environment uh, like, you know, us as uh, people of African descent, particularly here in America, we have closed off so much. We are no longer a people where the village raises, raises the child. We are um, very much um, protective of our children to the fact that we only want to influence them. Um, but what we don't understand is that that's not going to be the case. The case is that we live in an age where um, our children have access to technology and the primary culture of a child can be the internet and media. And so we need to be aware that we need to have influence over our children and not just the media and not just um, the content they consume. And the way we do that is expanding their circle and giving them access to people who are going to love them in a healthy way. Hmm. And what I, what I mean by love them in a healthy way is love them not because of their trauma, right? And so um, the example I like to use is that the crack, the, the person who's addicted to drugs or crack or alcohol, they love alcohol, but that's not a healthy form of love, right? It's coming from a particular place of pain or need. And as parents and people, loved ones, we can love our children in an unhealthy way, can come from an unhealthy root. And so what I um, attempt to do in the book is create a conversation about what a healthy form of love is, because a parent can say, well, I love you. Well, is it a healthy form of love? You know, if you love this, you know, if you love your child when they're, you know, behaving a certain way, or if you love a child when they are successful in this manner, or they don't do something, or they help you and enable you. Right. And so we really start to really break down what is a healthy form of love. Um, and I think this is critical because when you have a healthy form of love and you have a healthy understanding of love, it allows you to be in relationships. It allows you to do the things that we as uh, African-American community need, which is, you know, build families, build communities. And when we so all of these issues that we have problems with in our community, um, we have to get back to the root, which is what is a healthy form of love? And right. so I, I try to discriminate between that. Absolutely. This is KCWG, the truth.com. 
Name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and we're listening to the incomparable Dr. Chase Moore. He's here to discuss his latest book, The Emotion, The Tree, and Me, now available on Amazon Books. Now, uh, don't let me let you get away without a, you, you have a book signing or book release coming up um, in a few days, so uh, I want to make sure we talk about that, but you just made, man, you, you nailed something right there, because when people in our line of work, Dr. Moore, I mean, we work with kindergarten through 12th grade, and sometimes, you know, young adults as well. So when we see them engaging in their relationships and learning how to feel out the world in ways in which they're making some very adult choices, but still using sort of a, uh, a adolescent frame of, of learning and uh, perspective, they have a hard time distinguishing like versus love. And to the point where they don't understand mm -hmm. the depths of it. And if they only did, Dr. Moore, they would realize that some of us aren't ready. A lot of adults aren't ready because I think you said in your book somewhere that love is about accountability or responsibility or building people up. It's not exactly. about the, the temporary uh, transactional kind of, so long as you do for me, you make me feel good, uh, then I'll love you so long. But if, if you, I think you said if the ice cream falls on the ground, you're not gonna want that ice cream no more, right? So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yes. it's, 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 love is supposed to be permanent. It's unconditional, right? Isn't that essentially what you're saying? Yes, definitely. And so, you know, I believe the analogy that you're referencing is I say the difference between like and love is love has, um, love has particular features that you must adhere to if you want to truly say that you love someone. And so, you know, like, can and will dissipate, right? And so I use the example, if you, you know, you say you love ice cream, but if that ice cream falls on the ground, you're not picking that ice cream up and you're not going to try to repair it and, and eat it. However, if someone in your family falls or they they are, they hurt themselves or they fall, you know, down with the illness, right? you don't throw them away like you would ice cream, right? Because so love has a particular responsibility um, and love, you know, requires that you, um, you, you give into it. It's a reciprocal relationship. And children are not too young to start learning these concepts about love because, as you know, with the students we deal with, that's why a lot of the times we see them is they, they are perceiving a lack of reciprocity in the relationships with people they, they interact with. Or yeah. they perceive, they're perceiving that their love is not unconditional. Yeah. Um, you know, if I get home and I have a D, I don't feel the love, right? And so, Right. I think that, you know, it, it's not too early to start teaching them how to recognize those forms, uh, the different forms of love, so that they can learn and, and adapt to uh, situations where it's not healthy. Um, and so at some point, our students are going to have to be cultural brokers. They're going to have to be teachers to their, to their uh, parents sometimes and teach people how to treat you, you know, um, and vice versa. So that's why this book is kind of a multi-generational conversation. It's not a book that, you know, uh, you send your student up into in the room to read. It's a book that you guys read together and there are questions and prompts for conversation that, um, you know, the kids can ask of their parents and the parents yeah. can ask of their kids. Yeah, I noticed that. And I, and I love how you do that because I, I view it as very empowering to students to be able to give them the language and the vocabulary to, to speak to their their parents and vice versa for parents to speak to their children, especially in the area of affection. Um, I love how you broke down 
uh, how you can let somebody know that you don't like the way they are showing affection to you. Now, what a gift, Dr. Moore, what a gift to give to a child to be able to give them the, the vocabulary, the language, the wherewithal to communicate their truth in a moment like that, where it would, from the outside, be perceived as being very bold and you know somebody talking out of their face, <laughs> but asserting their, their comfort levels and their boundaries. I love that about, and then you talk about reciprocity. Um, I was thinking about a love collection agency as one example. It's like the person that you're, you're hoping that will reciprocate that love that you talk about, what happens when that reciprocity disappears and then you can't get it back? And that's what you're talking about also with these relationships that don't uh, pan out the way our, our clients would prefer them to. Uh, the reciprocity piece is, is sorely lacking. Oh my God, you touch on all this stuff in this book called Emotion, The Tree and Me by Dr. Chase Moore. Uh, my brother, I am so excited for you. I am reading this book as we speak and I'm getting a lot out of it. Uh, what can you tell us about, um, <laughs> what can you tell us about uh, your, your plans for this book? I know you're gonna have a rollout coming up in a few days. And uh, what's your plans for this book? I'm really excited for you. What, what, what's next for you? Well, you know, I'm on February 27th at uh, six o'clock at the Underground Bookstore in Oak Park. I'll be having a book signing and I will, it will also be a book reading where I'll be reading uh, from the book and posing some of the questions from the book as well to parents and students. And the long-term plan for the book is really to be able to put this book in front of people, in front of parents, teachers, students, so that they have a tool, as you said, as you so greatly art articulated, so that they can have a tool in the vocabulary and the voice to communicate and open up these conversations. Because the truth is, um, mental health and the, the lack of wellness is very prevalent and it's omnipresent in our field. And I would like to give parents and families the tools to work through it. Um, I consider myself a um, more of a, a like a I would say a spiritual Pan-Africanist kind of healer approach to uh, mental health, which means that I'm able to roam and weave through the different types of psychology and support and counseling that works for the individual. And what I see for many students, not just students of color, but right. all students, that they right. benefit from growth and health in the family. And so what I find sometimes is that uh, through tradi traditional measures of um, counseling, we really focus at the individual level. <laughs> and um, I know within our culture, but like what I'm seeing is across cultures, people benefit from support at the, at the family and cultural level as well. And that's what this book is designed to do. So um, to answer your question, I want to get this out and kind of get this philosophy out that we heal together as a group, as a community. And individual healing and individual uh, therapy is great, but it's always best to find the medicine from within, within the home, within yourself, within your community, because that's where a lot of this starts. Right. The Emotion, The Tree and Me by Dr. Chase Moore, available now on Amazon Books. And you can catch him at a book signing on February 27th at the Underground Bookstore. And I believe that is in uh, Sacramento, Elk Grove, to be exact. It's in Sacramento, yes. Thank you. Sacramento? Okay, I'm going to make sure I put up that uh, address when we uh, 
hit this with the live stream, but uh, shouts out to you as the author. And uh, before we let you go, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the beautiful illustrations in the book. Uh, are those, well, whose illustrations were those done by? You know, um, a lot of it was just, um, you know, me on, uh, you know, on the internet looking at different ways to create things. And then I had, um, you know, the good fortune of having, uh, you know, some friends who kind of were able to bring that to light, you know, so I, I really wanted to represent, um, I really wanted to represent my, my inspiration, which were, you know, my kids, but particularly my, uh, my daughter, Rhea, who's referenced in the book. So, yes. Yes. Beautiful. And uh, the way they were selected, they, they really uh, drive home the point, you know, it's, you, you, you know, we, we deal with learning, challenges, Dr. Moore. So anytime you have an integration of auditory and visual working together, as you do with the, the beautiful illustrations in this book, The Emotion, The Tree, and Me, it really helps drive the point home. Well, uh, my brother, I am so excited for you. I can't thank you enough for being here. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, you know, I think the best way to reach me is at panafricanwellness.com, uh, panafricanwellness.com. And that is my website. Uh, it's something that uh, I've been working on uh, for a while now. Uh, it is a, just a, a place where you can, you know, gather my, my thoughts and ideas and reach me and contact me. Uh, much success, continue to uh, success to you. And I appreciate you reaching out to, to people like me. Um, and thank you, brother. Oh, man, it's, it's an honor, man. This is some great stuff. The Emotion, the Tree, and Me by Dr. Chase Moore. Get it now on Amazon. So this is KCWG, thetruth.com. Name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this. <laughs>